When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Les Miserables, in lay terms, Les Mis, is one of the most awarded and impactful musicals of the late 20th century. Based on the 1862 novel by Victor Hugo, which was turned into a French concept album and then translated into English and expanded upon for its London West End debut in 1985, opened on Broadway in 1987, and it became an instant classic as audiences were captivated by the heart-wrenching dramas of the poor during the French Revolution and especially by the bombastic, melodically haunting songs. Now, nearly 40 years after its debut, the great pop culture debate wants to determine the best Les Miserables song of all time. Just like Jean Valjean and Oprah, I love bread! Wee oui, wee, oui, baguette! I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panelists for this episode. Our first panelist can swear before God he has nothing to fear, he has nothing to hide. It's Bob Erlenbeck, who is also the Patreon sponsor for this episode. Eric, I was in the back room of the club last night, and as I looked down, I said, oh, just bring him home. Look down, look down <laughs> upon your fellow man, Bob. I Next. will. <laughs> yeah, I bet you will. Next, there's a grief that can't be spoken. There's a pain that goes on and on. And our next panelist knows it better than anyone. It's Curtis Creekmore. It's called My Lower Back, and every night is a night of anguish. I'd build a barricade for an ibuprofen. <laughs> Curtis, let me tell you something. The tiger bomb comes at night. <laughs> Finally, she's ready for these schoolboys. It's Joel Bodecker. You're all going to wet yourselves with blood. Um, I'm not really into that, but please direct me to the free-for-all. In the interest of time, we're going to skip the preamble, which you can now find in bonus primers on our feed. But do head to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the listener bracket for this episode so you can play along with us at home. And with that out of the way, let's storm the Bastille and move on to these debates. First, it's another day, another destiny, for ultimate number one seed One Day More, which had a unanimous decision over four-seed confrontation, but Bob did want to speak about confrontation. Bob, take it. Yeah, I just wanted to mention about confrontation real quick before we moved on, before we just threw it away. The confrontation is a lot of fun. I love to sing it in the car. I love to sing both parts. I love to try to sing both parts simultaneously, <laughs> which is next to impossible. But it's two, um, the two characters, Javert and Valjean, singing, I think the term is counterpoint. Is that correct? Am I using that word correctly? But they're singing um, counterpoint, um, different verses on top of one another. Um, and the reason I think it's so much fun is is because I love to sing both parts at the same time. But if you Google it, you can find a lot of fun videos of people, celebrities in general, like singing it um, on like talk shows and things like that. Most notably, um, Neil Patrick Harris and Jason Segel back in their I, How I Met Your Mother's Days. During him, like every interview that him, they were him, together. We say on this him, show. Him, excuse him, me. Him. On this show, it's him, him. They would sing. They would sing it on like every talk show they possibly could because the you know the interviewer was always thinking they were so clever. Oh, I hear there's this fun thing that you two do together. Could you do it for us? Anyway, it's a lot of fun if you Google it. That's all. Well, thank you. Uh, that is a much more entertaining explanation than the song for me. So I appreciate that. Um, we'll we'll get into this as we go along. Um, anything having to do with Javert is a boo for me. Literally anything. <laughs> so um, when we get into the rubrics, we'll talk about that more. But like literally, as soon as he's there, boot, gone. Uh, next, the majority of the panel wants to keep accompanying three seed Do You Hear the People Sing to round two. But I want to keep counting the blessings of two seed at the end of the day. Curtis, keep shouting the songs of angry men in support of Sing. I will do my best to save end of the day. Curtis, why don't you go first? This was honestly a really hard choice for me because... They're both really great, so I could easily be swayed here. I love how Do You Hear the People Sing sounds so patriotic. The marching drum underneath the music gives you a sense that you're marching to war alongside your compatriots. You're prepared to fight for your freedom. The lyrics are beautiful and they're powerful. Will you give all you can give so that our banner may advance? Like You can't listen to this song and not be like moved to do something and maybe it's to go slap somebody. I don't know. That's pretty much what happens when I listen to this album. 
um, the revolutionaries knew that so many of them would die, but they were willing to take the chance anyway because they couldn't go on living in their status quo. And I just feel like you can't help but be or feel uplifted and invigorated after hearing this song. So that's why I voted for it. The French are glad to die for love, as uh, <laughs> Satine tells us in another French set movie. But anyway, um, a great argument. And yes, this is a hard one. Um, we only have 16 songs. And just so people understand, we put together the list by each putting our own favorites, ranking them. And um, there's really not a bad one on the top 16. This is a crappy matchup because they're both, I think, iconic Les Mis songs, and they're both super catchy songs. At the end of the day, really kind of sums up the pathos of Les Mis for me, which is everything is awful. Um, all of us are going to die, and when will death come? Um, if there is not <laughs> an all-lesbian band called Les Miserables, someone has missed their calling in life. Um, it's just that that's why I love at the end of the day, it's peppy and it's all about how out, completely depressed everyone is. And that's going to get it for me. Bob, where are you on this? I'm with, do you hear the people saying I'm, I'm with everything that Curtis said. It is the, it is an uplifting. It is a bring you as the audience member into the, into the throes of what's going on with them. It really pulls you in. Um, and it's one of, yes, they're both pretty iconic songs, but I do think that do you hear the people sing is the more iconic song in this matchup. And it is, it is one of the songs you walk away singing. So I'm sticking with that. Uh, Joelle, where are you? Yeah, it's a bop. Do you hear, hear the people sing as far as bops go in Les Mis, I think um, it's, it's tough because they're both ensembles, ensemble versus ensemble, but I'm with, do you hear, hear the people sing for the exact reasons Curtis and Belburn mentioned? Like it's, it, it's almost inspiring, almost. Obviously, it's inspiring people to go and just, you know, die in the war or whatever, the battle. Um, but it's inspiring. I was watching the scene from the movie, which I know we don't talk about the movie. But I that talk was, about it. That was a good part of that movie. Um, that scene, like, gave me chills watching it. I just loved it. Maybe it's just Aaron Tveit's face. Mm -hmm. Just... Starting. Oh, yes, I would probably Wave die for him. Flag. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> to be fair, folks, she did say that you will all wet yourself. I just don't think that's exactly what they were meaning. Not with blood. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so it sounds like Do You Hear the People Sing is advancing into round two. Next, it's another unanimous decision. As one seed, I dreamed a dream, said there was no ransom to be paid for four seed in my life. And in a role reversal, now dream has killed the life I liked. <laughs> Whatever. The panel is evenly split between three seed Castle on a Cloud and three seed, oop, that can't be right, <laughs> to bring him home. Bob on high. Bring him home as yep. young. He is afraid. But don't let him rest, pushing him to round two. Joel, crying at all is not allowed as you make your defense of Castle on a Cloud. Oh, that's a rhyme. Bob, you go first. So for my rubric, as we talk about those pretty often, there, when I think about Les Mis songs in general uh, and what makes one good for this show is I love character moments in this show. And I think that's really what this show is about. These are both single songs for each character, obviously. But some of the other things I think about is if the lyrics bring insight, motivation of the character, um, does it offer any sort of pivotal moment in the show? Is there the emotional weight of that? And I think both of them have that on a certain degree. But when you talk about the absolute like weight of emotion from this show, some one of the highest moments in the show featuring some of the highest notes in the show, um, it is bring him home. And it is one of it brings us the highest emotional moments of the show. Like I mentioned, it's it's basically a prayer sung for their survival of Marius, who's who's fallen in love with Cosette, um, Jean it's sung by Jean Valjean, um, Valjean's adoptive daughter. It really showcases some inner conflict, some of his his moral growth, I think. This song really shows that he has kind of moved on from being that hardened ex-convict. It, he's more compassionate. He's a selfless man. He's doing everything in the service of Marius and Cosette in that moment, which up until that point, he was really doing most of the things in service to himself. There were moments throughout taking Cosette from Fantine and from the Trenardiers, whatever. They, those were all moments of him making good for himself and making himself more, not necessarily for them in general, so to speak. But 
it's it's really a demanding song. Um, it's a beautiful song when sung well. It it's it's just it it keeps it just keeps the auditorium silent. So that's where I am. Okay, thank you, Joel. Talk to us about Castle on a Cloud. So on the exact opposite note of the like the height of somebody's emotions, we have a very simple girl that just has very simple needs. She wants to be loved and she wants toys and she doesn't want to have to work for everything, every single moment of her life. Uh, it is the song that introduced me. Maybe that's why I have a bit of a bias towards it. Introduced me to Les Mis. I was 11, I think, when I first heard it. That was my song. I used to sing it just running around. Uh, it was later in life that some of the other songs actually impacted me more, but this was the first. Um, and I think that's actually important because that introduces young kids to Broadway and gets them interested in musicals. So um, being able to see a character that you're trying to understand and don't understand how her life is like this and the world is so complicated, uh, it was it was eye-opening for me and I imagine for lots of young kids. Um, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Curtis, where are you on this one? I hate children. <laughs> um, that's legitimately my argument here. Um, I I really I struggle with child voices. Um, I I have always really disliked Castle on a Cloud for that reason. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Bring Him Home, but I'm gonna push it forward anyway. <laughs> Um, it's funny, Joel, that you're like, I had never known children could live like this. And as Bob will attest, I was Cosette. I was <laughs> the poor country version. Um, th here's my reasons for liking, uh, Castle on a Cloud. Number one, this is the scene where the actual icon from Les Mis is taken. The waif sweeping the, that, like, that's the emblem, right? Mm. Um, um, it doesn't matter if I vote for it or not, because I believe that Bring Him Home is a two seed. So mm -hmm. Bring Him Home would advance. Um, and there you go. Bring him home. Well, we do tiebreakers in a mini. Oh, you're right. So you have and to decide since, if you're giving it up or not. <laughs> since you are our Patreon sponsor, Bob, I'm going to give you the right of first tiebreak. Which one goes forward? Uh, bring him home. Bring him home. Okay. <laughs> bring, yeah, bring it home, baby. <laughs> bring it home. He's moving on to round two. Next in a battle of revolutionary songs, the panel is currently leaning toward one seed, empty chairs at empty tables, meaning that it's about to be all black for four seed, red and black. Joel, do your best to color block empty tables by pushing red and black. Curtis, open up open table and book us a round two reservation for empty chairs. Joel, you go first. So this is another one of those, and that's going to happen a lot in this entire bracket, but this is another one where the, the, these two feel like they're in the same, well, they literally take place in the same space, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, it both, they both happen in the cafe. Um, and this, it's so a red and black is more of the like inspirational, we're going to, we're going to fight and we are going to go forward with this versus empty chairs and empty tables is incredibly sad and beautiful, of course, but incredibly sad. So I picked this one because I thought, you know, we could use some highlights, use some sort of like positive vibes for a moment, maybe cut the, the, the show off before everyone dies and just <laughs> enjoy the start and not the end. I like the first acts of many musicals. Let me put that out there. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I think, I think it's, it's beautifully performed. The character whose name I've never been able to pronounce, but, um, uh, the friend of Marius. And Gorgels. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce I, I, I even looked it up. And, and Jolris, I, it's sure. not a name. It's not a name that makes sense to me. Nope. And I never knew it after all these years I looked it up. Um, but, uh, but, but that character finally gets his song with, you know, a lot of ensemble people supporting him. Um, I will not be mad that Empty Chairs goes forward, but I just wanted to fight for, I wanted to fight for Red and Black. You wanted to fight for Red and Black and that character whose name is basically a bunch of Scrabble tiles that are just sitting on your thing and ready to be used. It's really cruel. Like, Victor Hugo really could have thought ahead on that one and named him something Seriously. else. Seriously. Curtis, talk to me about Empty Chairs and Empty Tables. I actually don't really care for Red and Black. Um, I, I find it repetitive and kind of boring. Um... I, which is funny because I can see what you're saying, Joelle, where it's like uh, similar to my argument for do you hear the people saying it's like it's the, it's the, um, oh crap, what's the phrase that I'm thinking of? Hype song. Mm -hmm. It's like the hype song to get yep. people ready for battle. But this one kind of falls flat for me. 
Um, and while it's a bit of a precursor, like you were mentioning for um, DYHTPS, do you hear the people saying? Um, <laughs> it just doesn't have the Deep same. Dish piss. It just doesn't have the same gravitas or effect that that song does. Empty Chairs, on the other hand, is heart wrenching, beautiful, um, sung by the sole survivor of said battle. Uh, the lyrics are painfully beautiful and touching. The orchestration is melancholy and it swells with his emotions, which I think is really a cool way um, to, to put that together as he's processing the loss of his friends who died standing up for what they believe in. To me, this really isn't much of a battle. And I think it's three to one. So do I need to keep going? <laughs> well, let's see what Bob has to say. Bob, where are you on this? There is a grief that can be spoken, despairing, <laughs> and I'm with um, Empty Chairs and Empty Tables. It is my Broadway karaoke song. I agree with what Curtis said about Red and Black. I think we don't need Red and Black and Do You Hear the People Sing. I think there's a redundancy to that, so um, it's just Do You Hear Dish Pish or whatever we're you calling gotta it. You got to people before they go is, die. You got to keep bringing them just forward. A better, it's just a better song. It. So that's um, <laughs> Empty Chairs, Empty Tables. It's interesting because um, I initially voted for Empty Chairs here, which I think is one of the better you fucked around and now you found out songs in this show. Um, but I listening to everything again, I actually do like Red and Black quite a bit, Joelle. I will say that. But I also agree with the argument that you don't need both this and do you hear the people sing in the, the bracket. And so um, even though we're trying to lighten up the mood in a debate about a show called Les Miserables. Um, it's right in the to, title, folks. It's right there. It tells you exactly what you're going to get. We're, I'm going to keep it with empty chairs. So empty chairs will move into round two. Next, the panel is evenly split between two of my favorite subjects, hookers and revenge. Bob, tell us about the divine retribution of Javert's stars, a two seed. While I work hard for the money, there is money, right? As I defend three seed, lovely ladies. Bob, you go first. So you said some things about Javert at the beginning. I have, from the very beginning, stood by the fact that Javert is the most tragic and best character in all of Les Miserables. Um, maybe not as tragic as Eponine at certain moments. But anyway, um, I've stood by that part. And I think Stars is one of the best songs because it shows it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's haunting. It has a wonderful melody and lyrics, this, this ballad that he's singing, where this character is so fixated on wrong what's wrong justice faith truth everything he spends his entire life pursuing a man who stole a loaf of bread and broke a window pane he he from the confrontation we know that he comes from the same background as valjean and he can't stand that you know he made good and he can't stand that somebody else can't pull themselves up and be better in their life he can't stand that there might be other ways to go in life he can't fathom that the criminal world somebody from that world can make good the very concept would shake everything about his about his existence um and i think that's really what this song is about the stars are about they're the sentinels as he says they are unchanging tired or excuse me tried and true they keep watching the night this is how he sees himself as a person and if they fall like lucifer fell they fall in flame <laughs> anyway um they end in demise and he he can't even he cannot even with this so I think the symbolism and the emotion and everything you get from that, and when somebody is singing the song and does it on point, there is a pin drop in that auditorium. You are completely silent, just just totally floored by what, what's happening in front of you. Maybe that's just my opinion, because everyone else on this panel seems to hate Javert. But anyway... <laughs> um, um, and when it comes to that, I think that's where I am. And Lovely Ladies is a lovely song. It's about hookers and whores, and that's great. Um, but it doesn't really feature the character development and kind of pushing a character forward in, in what they're going to do within this show. It is really just a a kind of a, a, a montage tale that's telling us kind of what's going on with Fontaine in that moment. So, 
Um, well, first of all, let me say I respect your opinions on Javert. Yeah. I agree with your thoughts on the song in terms of like it can be very powerful. I especially like the lines about Lucifer and Fall. Like that's the only moment in that song that actually hooks me. But the rest of it is a flat out boo earns for me. And I am not here for the Javert ret- uh, retribution hour. Like I-, I understand where you're coming from, but he's like the Frank Grimes of this show. He's so fixated on this person that he pisses away his life he's a terrible person like he's a bad guy it literally. is so miserable like yeah. i don't know there like is nothing mis- he has there nothing is else. nothing in his life there is nothing in his he life worth this. anything he get, needs this get Say, a go ahead, hobby sorry. girl like get like look, talk to the whores like get some ass miserable and maybe he'll be like maybe i don't have to stalk this man who stole a piece of bread all right eric get to the whores get to the whores okay thank you all right <laughs> so as much as i am the no Javert's club I am the absolute yes hookers club plucky <laughs> whores that's what I have to say every time you will get a vote for me when it's plucky whores this show is so depressing thank god for these prostitutes who are like you guys everything is terrible let's bring on the pep rally because this song it is catchy much like venereal disease you can't stop seeing it i will disagree with bob in that he's like nothing is happening in the song that's not true fantine is literally being led into not only prostitution during the song she's also selling her hair she's selling her necklace like this woman is being her stripped teeth. of every, everything everything nothing being like taken a hummer from, from a gummer exactly <laughs> everything is being taken from her and yet the hookers are there they are singing they're they're peppy and i just i love it there are some vicious reads in the song as well and a terrific final line don't they know they're making love to one already dead which is what i ask about all my prey so with that being said curtis where are you oh my goodness um so two things number one i I'm realizing that this could be called Le Resniac instead of Le Miserable. <laughs> this is truly your family's musical. It truly um, is. Number two, we call them sex workers now, Eric. That's fair. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Not respect to sex workers. Number three, there were three things. Um, I also hate Javert and I don't like stars. I think it's overwrought. So I vote for lovely ladies. Joelle, where are you? I don't remember what I originally voted for. I have a feeling I voted for stars and that's... <clears throat> because my husband really likes stars and he's a big Javert fan. I didn't think much of him. I thought he was the villain and, you know, I don't like villains. That's a known thing with me. Um, But he told me more about Javert and a lot of what Bob said is exactly what I learned in the last, I don't know, decade or whatever. He was, he was mansplaining to me. It is what it is. Um, But that said, uh, Eric, you make a really good point. Uh, Let's let's do it for the sex workers. I think I think they need a voice. We got rid of at the end of the day already. They have nothing else after this. So let's keep them on. Lovely ladies will move on to round two. Next, the majority of the panel wants to stand with one seed on my own. But Curtis has deep feelings about four seed, a heart full of love. Curtis, open your heart to me as well as to the audience about why love should survive in round two. I will explain that while the world will go on turning if on my own leaves the bracket. Maybe it shouldn't. Curtis, you go first. I am not delusional enough to think that I'm going to convince anyone to switch their vote here, but I at least wanted to give this song the flowers that it deserves. The number is a trio performed by Marius, Cassette, and Eponine and centers around the theme of unrequited love. Marius and Cassette have only just met, but they're already falling in love somehow, while Eponine, who has loved Marius for as long as she can remember, watches secretly from the side as the two lovebirds are singing uh, about their new feelings for each other. It's like middle school, the musical, but it is a truly beautiful song. Um, The lyrics are lovely, um, but what made me fall in love with the song the first time that I heard it was, I don't, I also, you would think that I would know the musical term. I'm going to call it polyphony. The polyphony at the end of the number when all three singers are carrying their own part over top of each other. I love that in musicals. Um, they do it a lot in the Phantom of the Opera as well, and I adore it there too. Um, it's so pretty. The number swells to a close with this beautiful angelic chord, half made of joy and half made of sorrow. And this, of course, immediately leads into the song that it's up against, which is a powerful piece as well, but I'm sticking with a heart full of love. That's lovely. 
um, it's up against on my own, yeah. um, which is, um, say what you will about Eponine. She is the queen of the friend zone. She is mm-hmm. a bad news buffet. She <laughs> is and always will be the queen of misery. Um, and if you're looking at karma, arguably she deserves it because her parents are terrible people. Um, but this is a beautiful song. Uh, it's one of the songs that first captured my attention when uh, I heard Les Mis for the first time. It's just sweeping. It is aching it is evocative it's soaring um you get the right singer in this one and i mean bob mentioned stars brings a pin drop to the theater like on my own to me is one of the most evocative songs in the show um it's really sad like eponine is tragic but it's also one of those where you want to smack her upside the head and be like girl get a grip um but it is it's a beautiful song um bob where are you on this one Good God, girl, get a grip. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I am on my own. Great. Joel, where are you? Um, I have a lot more defense coming up later on on my own, so I'm just going to stick with on my own. Uh, I think that means it goes forward. Thank you. So on my own, we'll continue. It is interesting how some of these were paired up with obvious logical choices. That was not Mm -hmm. something we did deliberately. I guess it was just in the stars, Javert. (laughs) Finally, in round one, the majority of the panel wants to continue to serve two seed master of the house. But Bob is having an existential crisis by supporting (laughs) three seed. Who am I? Joelle, get everyone to raise a glass, possibly up the master's ass, and support house. Bob, search yourself for the answer to who am I? Bob, why don't you go first? Generally, I love an um papa type of song. <laughs> Generally, um, um papa is, in Oliver is better than this. I just don't like Master of the House. It is the song I skip every time I listen to the really? album. I just, huh? I get what it's doing. I understand the levity, the fun, the humor that it brings to Les Miserables, the Miserables. <laughs> um, it, it just it doesn't feature the hallmarks of what I want from my Les Mis songs, which is not misery necessarily, um, is not male pain, as Eric Wolf put it. But I haven't even mentioned it yet. But yes, that's just, absolutely true. I Character focused, character driven, character development. Those are the things that I love so much about this show. And I do I, I do love Master of the House for what it is doing and for the the moment it brings us in Act One. But it, it just doesn't resonate beyond that you certainly can hum it and walk away singing it but it doesn't move me forward emotionally anyway in this show and for a show that is so focused on emotions and just misery again misery right the emotions that's what i want from the song and I, i'm thinking about again when you talk about best lame is song they are yes all lame is rob songs because they're in the show but the hallmarks to me are there for um who am I? Which is really for him, for Valjean, really that moment of who is he going to be? The existential crisis, as you put it. It is a very interesting dilemma and predicament that he is in in that moment that he could let somebody else take the fall for him. But he makes decisions that grow him as a character. And that's why I love that song. Okay. You're making very good arguments for these. I just want to make that very clear. Joelle, talk to us about Master of the House. Uh, So all the things Bob said about Master of the House, but like in reverse in that I welcome it. Um, I think, again, going back to like the show is sad. Everything leading up to Master of the House is sad. Castle on the Cloud preceded this. That is a sad, sad song. And then you get this just, you know, um bop bop break, whatever we're calling that. Um pa pa. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I Hanson did. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Don't be Hansen sorry. in Les Mis. When is it happening? <laughs> I'm here for it. Well, the Jonases um, did it, right? They yeah. did. Or at least yeah. one of them. At least yeah, Nick there did. you go. One of them. Um, and we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think Master of the House, uh, it, it, it introduces these characters that are, are pivotal to the that part of the show. I think that then they're just silly side characters after that. But it's important to know where Cosette has been and what she's up against. Um, And at the same time, you can kind of get a little like 
these people are silly and also awful human beings um and the complicated kind of push and pull of every character um it, it just lays that out very well for me uh, as a kid again going back to me being a child listening to this first time this is one of my favorites of course it was fun i would sing it around the house like not knowing the actual story behind it just enjoying the tune um and i think the way it's been uh performed over the years i think there are certain people that have just done a fantastic job with it um and again going back to that movie i'm sorry i keep mentioning it because there are exactly four scenes in that movie that are good and this is hitting one of them this is fantastic so i don't know that's, i don't have a as, as a big defense for it but i like it i think that was a perfectly good defense uh curtis where are you i'm not a big fan of who am i again it's just a little bit too much um and and everything that we've been saying so far, Master of the House kind of falls into that. It's it's not necessarily moving story forward or or developing a character, except these side characters who are like they're a, a decent part of the whole story, and they are terrible people. And I've also kind of the the movie is my go to Les Mis like reference, and Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter kill it like they are part of what make that movie special. So I am going to vote for Master of the House. Okay. Um, I'm voting for Master of the House here. Bob did reference male pain. Another one of my rubrics is, uh, like, I can listen to women, like, break their hearts uh, until the end of time and be like, yes, you go, girl. Meryl Streep gif. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then as soon as a man starts it, I was like, oh, my God, enough. And so that's, that's it, it's not fair. It's sexism in reverse. I don't know. Maybe something to work through in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I think Maybe. it's interesting. I think it's interesting. The show that is literally by de definition, oh, this is too much. We're saying, let's get rid of the song that's too much. But anyway. So if it was up against something else, I might consider it more. But mm. it's up against Master of the House, which is, it has a funky beat and you can dance to it. No, but it also, like, um, I do think it's a fun song. It is a different song for this show. We have plenty of, of bummers and very few bangers. And that's why I'm going to put... Uh, master of the house forward into round two that is the end of round one we're going to take a quick break so we can get away from the french revolution's answer to the t-1000 we'll be right back after these messages five dollars can't buy you much these days in the 90s a big mac extra value meal ring in at four dollars and 59 cents today the same meal will cost you 7.89 and leave you filled with regret you know who would never do that to you the great pop culture debate for just $5 a month, our Patreon supporters gain access to a treasure trove of unaired content, like those secret fries at the bottom of the bag. So if you're hungry for some delicious pop culture content, pass on the Big Mac and head to greatpopculturedebate.com to become a Patreon supporter today. Aw, now I'm hungry. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we are back for round two of our best Les Miserables song debate. Before we get into the Elite Eight, I want our panelists to share their social media accounts and also let us know the first time you saw or heard Les Mis. Bob, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you'll find me at Bob on almost any plat social platform you want to look for me, and you can yell at me there about anything I've said on this podcast. Um, my first experience with Misery was... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, with Les Miserables was at the Krauss Heinz Theater in Syracuse, mm. New York, as part Elegance. of the famous artist Broadway series <laughs> that would come there with Murray, whatever his name was. Oh my so, God, that's a name I haven't heard of forever. Yeah, yes. um, yep. you know, shout out to M Murray, rest in peace. But yeah, um, R.I.P. I, 
I loved it from the jump. I was in junior high school, I think. I think we may have been doing Oliver at the time. Oh, um, God. Eric, um, in high school. So that would have been school. your freshman year, my sophomore year. Okay, so I ninth grade, maybe. Okay. Anyway, um, and I just loved it from the jump, and I begged my mom to find tickets to see it again that same week because it was only in town for the week, and I don't think we ended up seeing it again, but I've seen the show uh, a countless number of times, and I do enjoy the movie. Um minus Russell Crowe. We'll go ahead. Mm. Next. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> Curtis, uh, what are your socials and the first experience you had with Les Miserables? Yeah, I'm on pretty much everything at Kurt Itch, C-U-R-T-I-T-C-H. Uh, I am leaving Twitter X bird nonsense. Fuck it. I'm yep. out. As um, we all are, by the way, the, 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 what, the podcast is off ramping from Twitter. We've had enough. So you can, I mean, I, I really don't do social media very much and spend all my time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly can't remember the first time that I experienced this musical. I'm sure I probably heard some of the music at some point in my gay little life. Um, but I, I know watching the movie was the first time that I really saw a performance. I haven't seen it actually performed in person. Um, and it was it was honestly, for all of its many faults, an amazing show like it's it's very well done we don't talk about russell crowe what were they thinking there's a line in um the last five years which is one of my favorite musicals and i don't know if it's for the movie version of the last five years i can't remember if it's in the original probably not um but anna kendrick's character says um she's performing she's auditioning for uh, a musical on broadway and she says um these are the people who cast Russell Crowe in a musical. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> why am I trying so hard, basically? So that's kind of, yeah, that's it. Take that, Russell Crowe. <laughs> and all uh, your millions. Exactly. <laughs> Joel, uh, what are your socials? And what's the first experience you had with Lee Miz? I'm just going to go with that. I don't even know anymore what my socials are because I just don't use most of them. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if people want to hang out with me, I'm on Discord like, 90% of my life at this point so you should join the Patreon and join the Discord Yeah. Um, otherwise if you want to follow my podcast we do have a social media we don't have a presence on social media but we do use it to post things uh, and that's the Pocket Pod everywhere you find Pocket Pods I mean podcasts I mean, <laughs> pockets and podcasts um, and, and it, it is it started out as an Animal Crossing podcast but it is no longer exclusively an Animal Crossing podcast yeah because there's right? not a whole lot Animal Crossing to talk about so we just talk about video games like mostly Nintendo games in general and sometimes we talk about animals and things about crossing with them and Legos whatnot. Legos yeah. we talk about Legos like you know there are Animal Crossing Legos and now there's gonna you know now we're talking about other Legos whatever you know just fun stuff Fun stuff. Talk to us about your experience with Les Mis. So I was introduced to Les Mis by my brother. Uh, he got the CD. He's three years older, so he got the CD. And then he was like, you might like this. And he was playing some songs. And I realized I had already heard some of these songs before because my friends were singing them and all the time, specifically Castle on a Cloud because I was a young girl. Um and uh, I, I just, all these songs were fantastic. I only knew like five or six. I don't think he had me listen to the entire you know, 30 songs or whatever. Um, but I I definitely fell in love with certain songs over the years and On My Own was one of them. Um, I, I loved the, all the Gavroche stuff. Every time he popped up, he was my favorite. Again, child view, mm-hmm. Curtis. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's a child I mean, it's, view. I'm giving Looking it a back pass. now, I, I think there's a lot more powerful stuff in there, but I didn't know it until later. I first saw Les Mis when I, in my 20s. Like it was... Like I just didn't have a chance before then. Uh, and it was a local DC production. And I think it, w- it traveled after that, but it was in the round. It was like in a really cool like theater where everyone stared right, right at you in the eyes. I got to really engage with the revolutionaries um, during that performance. It was terrifying. <laughs> I can only imagine that would actually be really intense. I it feel was really like... intense. Yeah. Uh, thank you. So for me, you can find me at Eric Resniak on Instagram. That's R-E-Z as in zebra, S as in snake, N as in Nancy, Y-A-K. But really, you should just message at Great Pop Culture Debate on Insta or TikTok or at GPCD on Mastodon or Blue Sky. As we mentioned, we are getting rid of uh, Twitter. We, we, we have had it. We have had enough. Um, so my first exposure to Les Mis, we sang in high school chorus. Do you remember this, Bob? A sure do. A medley of Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really where I first became 
uh, introduced to the songs. And so I, I became a big fan of the music without having seen the show until flash forward to 1999 when myself, Bob, Take a Drink, and Kate Reculia, also on this podcast, saw it on Broadway. And um, we paid what was at the time considered top dollar, $75 tickets for the absolute last row of the theater. That is not an exaggeration. In the balcony. In the balcony. And it was like, what is happening on that stage? <laughs> it was like they were a football field away. And you love the music. And we're getting into it. And I was like, God, this is a really sad show. And then you get to the part with Gavroche going over the barricades. And they shoot a child. I was like, I've had it. I have had it with this. Um, as an adult, I've come to appreciate it more. It is, it's an incredible work uh, of of the theatrical arts the music is amazing like it really is and it's incredibly french right there is something about it that feels very authentically french um but i am certainly more favor or more of a fan of the music than i am of the show itself so with that being said let us move into round two before i lose my yellow ticket first another unanimous vote for one seed one day more which silenced three seed do you hear the people saying or what did we call it dish piss is that what it is <laughs> Dip Dip piss. Di Di D-Y-H-T-P-S. Dish piss. diet piss dish piss hashtag dish piss <laughs> next the majority of the panel wants us to hit snooze and that one seed i dreamed a dream sleep into round three but bob wants some action and for two seed bring him home to advance bob let him live curtis use your voice as soft as thunder to push forward dream i'm going to have curtis go first so I lied earlier when I said that I hadn't really heard any of the music before whenever. Um, I sang Bring Him Home my senior year of high school for a regional music competition, and I received a score of distinguished from the judges, and I am pretty sure that my performance was the pinnacle for that piece. Distinguished was code for obvious homosexual for those <laughs> listening. Sure, we'll go with that. A pleasure um, to have in class. Right? Oh my God, how many of those did I get? Uh -huh. Um this is probably one of the toughest matchups in the whole bracket. You could have told me that this was the top two, and I would have believed you. They are both huge numbers by two of the major characters in the entire show. They are both full of longing for something. One is pleading for God to save a young man, and the other one is a wish for an easier, better life. I give my vote to I Dreamed a Dream because I think it's the more enjoyable song as enjoyable as ripping your heart out can be. I think most people who have performed this song have done a spectacular job with it. They hit all the right emotional notes throughout it. And actually, I think that's another reason that I, IDAD, IDAD, is superior to BHH. Bring him home. BHH I'm is... loving what's happening right here. Go <laughs> on. Nerdiest Dish conversation piss. about Dish Linus piss. I've ever experienced. BHH is emotionally one note to me. Um, bring him home is emotionally one note. It is a big note, sure, but I Dad gives you levels of of hopefulness that is mixed with distraught, then ending with being just absolutely shattered. Where I feel like bring him home is just kind of it's it's pleading the whole time. You know, he's he's begging, but I don't know. I go with I dreamed a dream. Okay, uh, Bob, talk to us about bring him home. I don't have a ton more to say about Bring Him Home that I didn't already previously say. I think, again, it hits all of the hallmarks of, of a song, but I would say that I Dreamed a Dream also hits the same hallmarks that I've been talking about throughout this podcast. I think from emotion and lyrics, they are probably neck and neck with one another. I just think from a song itself, the, the sophistication of the song, the construction, the the ability, the skill needed to perform, bring him home and to perform it well is a higher bar to clear um, musically than I Dreamed a Dream. I do agree that I Dreamed a Dream is probably the more I want to sing this in my car than bring him home. Yes, I do listen to Lamez in the car. <laughs> sure. Um, but... I just think from a song itself, it is a better song in general um, for those reasons. And I just I have such a warm spot for Cum Wilkinson, who was the original Jean Valjean and his performance both on the recording and seeing him perform it live. Um, 
having seen him perform it live, I just, it really carries a lot of nostalgia for me and emotion for me. Um, so there maybe is some of that factoring in here too. I think they are both beautiful and wonderful songs. Just, I guess, pick your poison. Which, does anyone die by a poison in this show? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's one of the few know. ways they don't. That's, that's the one that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joelle, where are you? Um, I just want to argue that um, it's really hard to compare skill to this song when one is performed by a woman and one is performed by a man and they have different registers and different, like, just skills. Patty I fucking Pone performed the song. Yep. So I like I don't want to hear it that this one's easier to sing. I'm sorry. And she no, 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 no. She I don't. It. Yeah. I, well, here's the thing too is I think that they are both similar also in regards as to they they are both they are both difficult to sing. The highs are very high and the lows are very low. So you have to have a huge range for both yeah. of these songs. Yeah. Um so maybe you maybe you got me on that. So <laughs> very well, Joel. Calling and I, you out, Bob. <laughs> so I there wasn't alluding either of them being to, due to being a female or a male song. They just happen to be by them. So anyway. Sure. Um, no, I like I was on the fence on this one. And actually, um, it was definitely um, Curtis, your argument that that kind of drove it for me, because I um, I think that 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 I dreamed a dream has a little bit more to it in the story. I think this is the last time she had so little airspace in this show. And this is her, you know, moment to, to then just, you know, die. Um, I and it, it's 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 a peak for me as opposed to bring him home. We've we've heard from Valjean quite a bit at this point. This is one of his last moments. It's beautiful. It makes you just want to tear your heart out and cry. But um, you think about Fantine for the rest of the show because of this song. So I think it has more, like, push through the show. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but that. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying there. Um... Bob, please don't hate me. I feel really bad because so many of your picks are being <laughs> weeded out of this bracket, and you're the goddamn sponsor for this episode. It That's is okay. like it is like Les Miserables for you. Like it's everything's <laughs> terrible. I came for the misery. I stayed for the laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> That's that should be our new catchphrase. Um, but for me, um, as we mentioned, male pain, not for me. Uh, so that's a, a ding in the bring him home column. But also, like, I love Fantine. She is tragic, um, but in, like, a, not like a fashion way. Like, she's, like, legitimately tragic. Um, and, you know, it's all gotten to her, the the poverty, the depravity, the peeing in the streets. And it's just, <laughs> she's she's crushed by it all. And it's I just think it's magical. It's it's one of my favorite songs, and I need musical theater, so I'm giving it to I Dreamed a Dream. Peeing That's in three. the streets is magical, Eric. It is. It is. And I'm I'm going to change my vote. Oh my god, you're changing I, it to bring him home. I am changing my vote to bring it home. Bring him home because why? As I was thinking about it, it, it when I first started, like when I first prepared my argument for this, bring him home was like, oh, he's complaining. He wants to save a man who he doesn't really know. And I hadn't really thought about why. Like, why is he singing this song? Why does he care about this boy that he, he barely knows? And it's because he's on his way out. He knows that he doesn't have much longer, but he wants his daughter to be happy and he wants to secure a future for her. So he's pleading to god and anybody that's listening to bring home this man that he knows will take care of the th one thing that he cares about in his life which is his daughter and that does i don't think that that necessarily makes it more important than i dream to dream there this is the impossible choice like these are both amazing joelle you go what do you well, have to say? every literally everything you just said is also the story of i dream to dream it is her like explaining what she had hoped for for her daughter for her life for the man mm. that left her like so let's it, just move cosette forward how about that <laughs> <laughs> all these people are trying to save more versus cosette, cosette. So uh just but We're also because Bob hasn't gotten a single fucking choice. No, so... don't, please don't. Don't do that. That's fine. People in Les Mis just suffer and die. It's Clearly, okay. that is that is today's theme on Cue Sesame the sniper. Street. <laughs> <laughs> you got it in there. I got it. All right, Bob, I was trying to do you solid, but it's never fine. mind. I'm just going to dream my dream. And we're gonna I'm happy to have I dreamed a dream with us in the, into the next round. Okay. Let's, let's I dad I, together. Then we shall. We're going to I dad together. I dad. Hashtag dish Excuse piss. me while I go dish piss for a second. 
<laughs> anyway, we got to move on, folks. We got to move on. Yeah. Next, I believe it's another unanimous decision in favor of one seed, empty chairs at empty tables over the singing whores of three seed lovely ladies. Sex workers, Eric. Thank you. I, I was about to say. Who are you, Danny if, DeVito? Yes. <laughs> if you didn't get rid of the sex workers, you wouldn't have empty seats. Everybody loves a sex worker. Mm. But anyway, empty chairs at empty tables moves forward. Finally, in round two, it looks like we have one more unanimous decision, this time for one seed on my own, which proved it was better off than two seed master of the house. I don't know what I was trying to say there in my script. But anyway, <laughs> on my own is advancing into round three. But that, we have our final four. We're going to take another quick break so I can sell my hair to support a tragic waif. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you suffer from FOMOPHOBIA? That's the fear of missing out on important events that connect you to the world. You don't want to be the only person at work not talking about the most recent episode of the show everyone's dying to watch, right? Why not sign up for the Great Pop Culture Debate's free weekly newsletter? You'll get a curated list of upcoming releases in TV, music, film, and games, so you'll never be left out of the conversation. Avoid the FOMO. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and subscribe today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back with the final four of our best Lane Miserables song debate. At this point of the show, I always like to take a step back and see if the final four matches up with what I figured. We have all number one seeds in the final. That actually doesn't happen that often on this show. So it's kind of a, a minor miracle. Uh, it's One Day More versus I Dreamed a Dream. Empty Chairs at Empty Tables versus On My Own. Uh, I think three out of four of those are songs that I uh, absolutely saw here. I think they're all like the big epics that you expect. I know everybody else loves Empty Chairs at Empty Tables. It's just not for me, but I think it deserves to be here. Uh, Bob, you're the Patreon sponsor for this episode. Does this make sense to you? Absolutely not. But no. that's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. These are fine. These are all wonderful, wonderful representatives of this musical. Great. Okay, so let's jump right into it. It's One Day More versus I Dreamed a Dream. We're going to start uh, at the top of the order, I guess. Bob, where are you on this one? Um, we haven't talked about it, but let's come around maybe afterwards. One Day More. Okay. Uh, Curtis? I think I'm going to say One Day More as well. Okay. And Joelle? Well, I look forward to talking about it in the next round because I also vote for One Day More. <laughs> Great. I'm going to make it a clean sweep. Uh, we can talk about it now, though. I think we should at least say something. So, uh, Bob, do you have anything that you want to say about One Day More? This is this is the moment in Act One. This is the culmination. This is everything converging and coming together in every storyline. It is that scene in the movie Magnolia where the frogs are falling, right? Sure. It is everything coming together in every... Every emotion, every character, everybody, everybody's out there doing their thing and they are singing over one another. We've talked about that multiple times throughout this, that that is just a really cool part of this show, that they do that so often, so well and such a high level throughout the entire show with regards to you hear every single thing that is happening, but they are all singing on top of one another. The amount of direction for them to be able to be high and low throughout that so that you can hear the important parts of that song is incredible when it is executed well. Um, and it, I love characters. I love character development. I love character motivation. I just love lots of characters. So throw them all into this soup. And there I am with the best. But, oh, we're not even to the final two yet. Sorry. With one of the best songs <laughs> in the show. <laughs> You're good. Uh, Joelle, um, before you talk about one day more, I have a question for you because you are our facts and figures person on this podcast. Mm. 
is this the first time in musical hit theater where you have that right before act one, that big thing where you have the overlaying themes all on top of each other for this big, like ecstatic climax? Was Lee Miz the first to do it or no? I don't actually know the answer to that. It, I, I, but let's say yes. I have no idea. We'll have to I, look that one up. I'm, I'm curious because I, I don't know. I know that it's after that, much... everything did it, right? This is like Rent and, you know, like any any end of Act 1 or beginning of Act 2. Phantom you know, definitely song. does it. Yeah. yeah. It's a so very many... much a mega musical thing of the 80s, yeah. right? Yes. 100% of product yeah. of the 80s, that mega musical vibe. Yep. And I just don't, I don't know if it was the first, but certainly it is one of the best examples of it. Curtis, anything more to say on Monday more? No. Or we... I mean, I echo uh, everything that Bob said. Okay. Uh, next, uh, it is Empty Chairs at Empty Tables versus On My Own, starting with Joelle. Where are you? Okay. I think Empty Chairs at Empty Tables has better lyrics, so I'm going to go with that. Mm. Cool. All right. Curtis, where are you? Um, I'm going to echo something that I said earlier about emotional range. It would be very easy for Empty Chairs at Empty Tables to devolve into one note of either extreme anger or bereft sadness but it is written in a way that takes you on this emotional journey of Marius from the sorrow of having lost his friends to the hopefulness that they all shared in building a better tomorrow to the anger that so many of them died for what is seemingly no reason and then back to the bitter sadness of loss. And I genuinely love this song. It's a beautiful way to wrap up the storyline of the revolution aspect of the show. And Eric, I know you don't care for that, but I'm voting for it over on my own. Can I actually backtrack? Because I didn't really think longer than a second on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I've thought about it, I, I'm remembering how pivotal on my own is um, in my memory of the show. And um, that character, that Eponine character is truly heartbreaking. I, I, I realize there's a lot of like, girl, move on. But I didn't really think that way back when I first learned about her. And I was heartbroken watching this character just, just, you know, destroy herself for someone. Um, I, I never really liked the woman that uh, played her in the Broadway Francis production. Had very pitchy, not, not my favorite voice. <laughs> sorry to, to, sorry to her. Um, sorry to that woman. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw Samantha Barks, perform mm -hmm. in the movie and then perform in the concert and then perform in another thing i absolutely like she is who i imagine that voice to be like she she embodied it perfect for me bob is shaking his head so or i you know it is what it is opinions he loves francis <laughs> you're a big francis francis stan if, if i'm gonna pick i'm gonna take leah salonga any day of the week. oh fair oh right, fair. yeah but no, that's he fine is a too stances. he is that's fine too we're, we're a disney we're a disney family here i understand so just to clarify, you're which with one, I think I switched back there. to on my own. Okay. Uh, Bob, where are you? Empty chairs versus on my own. It's picking between my children um, with this. It's it's so hard. And, and empty chairs and empty tables is my Broadway karaoke song, as I mentioned earlier. And I keep flipping back and forth in my head. And I think I had empty chairs going all the way. But God, I love Eponine so much. And I think I'm just going to throw it to on my own. Okay. I love all my children equally. I don't care much for empty chairs at empty tables. <laughs> um, so uh, it's male pain versus queen of misery, always giving it to my ride or dies. Uh, it's on my own for me. So I believe that's three for on my own versus one for empty chairs, giving us a final two of one day more versus on my own. ODM versus OMO. Uh, I'm going to start right in the middle. Curtis, where are you? One day more is... I really think one of the, if not the best, one of the best act one closers of any musical ever made. It is an amazing collection of performances, but also like a very neat wrap up to all of the storylines to get you like it's a recap episode right there in the middle. It's just and it's so well performed. I love polyphony. Like Bob was saying, the the different levels of a really, truly um, talented cast gets you there. I'm going to vote for one day four. Polyphony Miserable for Drag Race <laughs> season 17. Um, Bob, where are you on this one? Yeah, if I was going to choose the best ballad from Les Miserables, I'm probably going to pick on my own. However, to just encapsulate the best song from Les Miserables, 
to feature all the characters, to feature, I agree with Curtis, there is very few Act 1 finales that come close to this and bringing the fear, the feeling and the swell that you have from that. Um, it, I think it has to be um, ODM. Is that what we're saying? ODM? ODM. I think, yeah, ODM. ODM. Okay, ODM. <laughs> um, Joelle, where are you? Well, I was just going to add to that. So this song, One Day More, is so, it, it it's just iconic, for lack of better words, that everyone and their mother have, uh, like, parodied it pulled it into their musical episodes of tv shows it is inspiration across south all park. of pop culture south mm-hmm. park the simpsons sesame street uh key and peel gallivant the magicians and crazy ex-girlfriend just to name a few found that on tv tropes.com so if i lied i, I apologize um it's it's just that song everyone if you think of les mis sure maybe some of, I, I think of eponine immediately and i think of castle and clouds and stuff but this song is ultimately what you think of and this song you walk away even after seeing all of act two you walk away with this song still in your head um in fact you could walk away at the end of act one and not see all the sad stuff well more i uh, like really have a great it's experience so i'm a big fan of good act ones yeah. and then weird act twos looking at you uh, into the woods uh <laughs> so yeah and one day more for me, for sure. I love that idea that you could walk out of the theater after listening to this song and be like, all those kids are going to be great. Everything <laughs> works out. No one's going to die. It's at, why are they so miserable? Everyone's having a great life. I you love mean, it. You mean lay awesome. That's what lay we're awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, in all seriousness, I'm giving it to one day more. It is, um, it, I, I joked earlier that, you know, how they're making love to one already dead. I'm dead inside. But this song made me feel things. It always has. It's, it's, incre- it's an incredibly evocative piece of music that um doesn't just do its job which is to get you ramped up for act two it excels it and it becomes something more than just a song it, it is a statement and it is incredibly moving so um there you have it folks our pick for the best lee miserable song is one day more do you agree do you think we should take these silver candlesticks and look at our lives look at our choices tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on instagram facebook mastodon or tiktok while you're there make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon vote in open polls and even decide which topics we tackle next if you really enjoyed the episode please take a minute to like and rate the episode of the podcast on spotify apple or whatever platform you listen on i want to say thank you to my panel you made this debate anything but miserable and thank you for listening if you loved what you heard please consider supporting us on patreon where you can get even more exclusive content and you get episodes a whole day early we hope you have a good one and remember everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion hashtag dish piss. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.